Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. No, we'll be fine. We can introduce ourselves. We do it every every show. I think we'll be all right. Uh, Good so, evening. Yeah. <laughs> so, as as per our usual, we have started recording uh, before we we Anybody started. Nobody even cares. Yep. Right. Okay. But uh, let's see. Let's should I throw it to Jim this time? Can we can we put Jim on the spot to uh, thank our audience? Oh yes, I was going to say. Or Jimsy, as he's now. I kind of feel like we're at the state fair right now. (laughs) You know, like when you're walking by and like someone's like talking and you're eating your stuff and drinking and. Well, and you can kind of hear your voice back at you. We don't usually have that kind of monitor thing. State fair. We're prepping for the state fair. We are going to be at the state. We're trying. Yeah, we are. We're shooting for the state fair. If anybody has any. on that, let us know. Any poll. All right, welcome. It's a Monday, Monday early evening, and uh, we're at Legacy Matters, and we're doing a live podcast here at the 331 this evening. And, um, you know, I'm just going to blurt this out real quick, but the weather is beautiful <laughs> out this evening. So, I mean, it couldn't get better in Minnesota, and... If you haven't been to 331, it's really dark, and there's no windows. But we love windows. it, because it's dark, right? Well, I do right? love it, because I feel... We prefer well, being vampires. in... We're vampires, right? <laughs> right. We prefer. Yeah. Okay, so and let's, let's get that out of the way. Let's tell everyone where the 331 is in Minneapolis. We're, we're in northeast Minneapolis. We're in northeast Minneapolis. 331. Something or other street. Yeah, it's kind of Avenue. Broadway. Northeast. Yeah, it's so, University. Yeah. Oh, it's... Uh, or 13th. It's 13th. The, 331 13th, probably, right? Right. right. Anyways, we want to start out by also saying thanks for showing up. Thanks for coming thanks out, Thanks to our folks. little cadre Thank of supporters. Thank you. And Big crowd, like the State Fair. Yep, it's, there's our Big State crowd. Fair crowd. Lots yep, of that's prizes, a fair right? Crowd. I would like to say, oh, go ahead. Thanks for the people that listen to our podcast. Yep. That's always a good thing. And Thank especially, you very much. let's just throw it out there, especially the ones that share it. Yeah, on their thank you for sharing, media. too. Yes. Yes, it's all good. Unsolicited plug, right. please help. No, it's fine. Everything's talk good. talk about it. So, yeah. everyone, just a, how was your weekend? Jim? Jim, what did you do this weekend, Mr. Okay, Fancy so, Pants? So, let me just start by, we have three guests this evening, but we're going to talk a smidge just about a smidge. our weekend. Sure. So, everyone, would, so I went sailing this weekend. <laughs> oh, you did, oh, did you? Yes, because oh. I'm a sailor. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, it does explain that. that. Yeah, and the and the curly. I don't know what it. I don't know what it does. So Jim the seaman. Yep. Yeah. I'm <laughs> it's a word. Jim the seaman. Yes. Sea. The yeah, seaman. You were out sailing. Weird. I was sailing this weekend. So I go every year. This was my third year, and I sailed around the Apostle Islands with two other couples, and the one couple. Um, Carol and John, give a shout out to them, and then Darcy and nope, Julie. No last names, but yep, hello. No last names, but Darcy's Darcy a good has fan of the podcast. podcast yes. so you can find him on our podcast. Detectives Treasure Trove. That's right. Two-part, yeah. He was our only two-parter. Yeah, well, yeah. 
That was a big night with Darcy. That was a big night. <laughs> it was, and, and it was also a big weekend with Darcy. So I, it, Just the same as they say, like, be careful if you end up on Willie Nelson's bus. Right. <laughs> be, be careful if you end up hanging with out with Dar- with, a, with a police detective. Like, it's, yeah. it's just sort of a similar, of there's, yeah. a, there's yeah. a similar part to that. Yeah, you're in it for the long haul. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I went sailing, and uh, John was our captain, and and this was my third year sailing around the Paso Islands, and it was wonderful. It was it was absolutely great. I can say this that I grew up here in Minnesota, and I didn't know about the Paso Islands until three years ago. Whoa. I didn't know they existed. Yeah, I know, right? My parents were like not a part of the Paso Islands or Bayfield or. I did grow up in Crystal and I went to Cooper, so there was no there was no traveling. There was Twin Lakes and that was as good as it gets. You know? So and I had a little toy boat. So Oh Jim. So I I've I've upped my game, there's no doubt about it, and now I feel kinda Are you still are you over your seasickness now? I am, yeah. This morning I was a little sick. Yeah. And um you know Did you buy special boat shoes? I did not. Little sparrows no, or no, nothing. I'm just freewheeling everything on the boat. You know, uh, just a sweatshirt and a, some shorts. Was there? Uh, we did talk about this on a, a previous show, but was there a lot of yacht rock being played? Yes. Like, was was yacht rock the? There was the definitely oh. some yacht rock. Was there, there some Michael McDonald? There, there, yeah, you know, it happens, but not as much as it should. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was a little Gordon bit more. Lightfoot. And Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. I'll tell you this: after three years, it, you know, we we. We're very functional on the water, right? But we, no one can quite figure out how to work the stereo on the oh, boat. That's the saddest thing I've heard tonight. It never, ever works. So we just bring along a little speaker and kind of half-ass the tunes, but that's all right. So, all right, well, that right. sounds ultra fancy, Jim. Yeah, wow, ultra Jim. fancy. Yikes. Sarah, what did you do all weekend? What did I do? Thanks to you and your wife. Mm. We had a few drinks on Friday night. We, we did? Chatting and, you know, a little rosé and... Sam's reminiscing about his time as a cross country, you know, star, or whatnot, and it's mind over matter. Oh, You're like, cross oh, country come running on. the one season. You I know, the one, that, well, okay, for the, the one season, sure. But, yeah. And then, so Kate is now her second year of running the Twin Cities Marathon. Yeah, this is like her sixth or seventh. She's run, which. So yeah, she's, a, she's a seasoned runner. So I got up on Saturday, I was house sitting for Jim dog sitting and cat sitting and I woke up I said god I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this today a little slightly hungover put on my running shoes I'm gonna run around Lake Harriet I'm gonna do this two o'clock in the (laughs) two o'clock in the afternoon is just a terrible idea so I I tried it was very hot and it yeah so I tried but did you make it around the lake um yes Okay. Yes. Well, with that's few, good enough. I mean, you made stops. it. You made it from one. Stops. You stopped here, and then you went around, and you, you yeah, came back sure to where did. you started. Yeah, I sure did. And of yep. course, I I parked on the hill, so I had to go up the hill and whatnot. But but I tried. All right. So, yeah. And I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be a downer and say that my weekend. Well, first of all, I had I had a great time with my children. We played a few board games, which uh, laser beaks in the audience like playing playing. You don't you don't like board games, he says, but. The deal with board games is, uh, whether you like them or not, it is a, an hour or more of intimate time with your kids. It's just it, like, I don't love it, but they get such a kick out of it that I really enjoyed that. But the rest of the weekend I spent... Uh, Sleeping? 
Well, I spent I know that's suffering I from hives and trying to and trying to recover from them. So if there's a uh, well. if, if there's a other than my own family members who are all in medicine, if there's a doctor out there who can cure me, please get in touch with me. We'll get it all figured out. It'd be great. But hey. so I spent a great weekend uh, mostly what hanging. Game? Did you play? We played Sorry this time. Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. That's a classic. Classic. Yep. Sorry is a classic. Uh, there's a British version of that, Cop It, which is, I, I had never heard of it before a few years ago, but uh, but Kate introduced us to it because she had lived in Germany, but Cop It is like a, it's a very similar game to Sorry, but it's got some different, you roll dice instead of picking up cards, and the kids refused to play that with me because because strategically I get that game, and whereas uh, Sorry introduces these anomalous sort of like oh and then i can just get you while you're right next to the end uh cop it you have to actually think about all of those things and and they're like we never win cop it no like I, and i'm not mean about i don't want to beat them but Do they yell sorry oh my god they're so, they were so vicious this time they were they were <laughs> that was my favorite part of it sorry. Oh, oh they were working very hard to keep uh myself and my wife from winning and uh, and they managed to do it. They took first and second, and then we quit after that. But yeah, they they won. They yeah, did great. Good for them. They ganged up on us. Okay. They beat us. So good weekend. It's always fun playing games with the kids, even though I don't love the game itself. But just sitting there with it's the about boys. The experience, right? And Andy it was fun. Yep. So we great. are. Oh, sorry. Would you like to sorry. introduce our? <laughs> sorry. Would you like to introduce our first guest? So we have three special guests. Oh, tonight. we do. And I'm going to introduce our friend Jess Filiaggi. Jess, would you like to come up here? Jess Filiaggi just <laughs> indicated that no, no, she would not like to come up. So. Thank you, Jess. I asked her, and at first you said, oh, I don't know if I, if I have any stories, and then we prodded a little bit more, and everyone has a story. So just a little bit about Jess. I have my little crib sheet notes. So Jess did run for state representative in 2018. She is actively involved in the DFL, so if you Google her, there's going to be some good stuff that comes up. Right now I asked, I said, what else am I missing from this? And she said, and you're going to have to explain this at a later point, a freelance technical writer and a registered stockbroker. Okay, that's beyond my level of comprehension. Oh, that's but fancy. We'll, we'll chat about that's that. That's real fancy. <laughs> but she is, she is the mother of three. She is recently married. How long has it been? Three weeks? A little bit more? We had a month anniversary, which month. she was not enthused about, but I was. Okay. Month anniversary. Congratulations. Month anniversary yeah. of, of you in a relationship? Yeah, a married. In a, oh, married. Married. Yeah, married. married. I'm like, Jesus, they do that? <laughs> I, I guess think people was... do, actually, but this was a marriage one. <laughs> okay. So, so that's pretty important. And then I just want to read a little quote that I found from the St. Cloud Times. So besides being a work course... Jess is ethical, smart, politically and financially astute, and most importantly, she cares about people, which I thought that was very true about you. I'm proud to call you a friend. I think that you are very much an influence, and especially for women, so keep it up, and I know you're going to be going places. So welcome, Jess, and Jess is going to share lighter, darker side of life okay yeah it's kind of interesting um thinking of your life in those terms like to look backwards and go what is light what is dark 
and just to realize that so many experiences are really a little bit of both. Um, so I have to pop in about playing board games with the kids because that's something that we do together as a family. And um, we don't play Sorry, and we actually can't play Monopoly anymore. Right, like, it, it takes way too damn long. Well, and there's enough of us in the room that are so competitive that it's actually not quality time at some point in time. <laughs> it's angry time. <laughs> it's angry time because, and I really look at this, is it's a game of capitalism. And when we play that game, like, I get really competitive, and then the kids, like, they feel that feeling of what happens when somebody owns all the properties and the rents are so high and they're just getting, like, <laughs> killed out during a game about the realities of life and they don't want to play. Oh, you're really overthinking it, aren't you? Well, it's that feeling we all get during Monopoly. But. Would you prefer if they came out with a, like, modern uh, capitalist, socialist, uh, democracy sort of model of it where things were just sort of more equitable across the board and just, everyone did a know. little bit better maybe yeah <laughs> you know i do play carcassonne where like healthcare were covered and i'm just asking i'm oh, just medicare saying for it, all board game would, yeah would, no. would that be monopoly with medicare now I'm, we're feeling we don't get it. too political well, we on have here, another but. idea then. <laughs> That's a good idea. That is added to the list. Yeah. You guys have a list. Teach your children to be decent sort of version of Monopoly rather than the uh, Monopoly guy wins everything sort of version. Yeah. Or you're being greedy and I just like come in and flick off your hotel. <laughs> like, take that. You didn't pay your taxes. Yeah. I wish it worked that way in real life. Um, so the story that I wanted to tell was actually something that I thought was pretty foundational to who I am as a human and who I am as a mom and who I am as a friend. Um, I grew up in Brainerd, which is about two hours north of the metro here, and the story is like so many other families. Um, you end up with a couple kids and financial bills and fighting. And our family in particular, and this is the dark part, but I promise it'll get light. Um, our family in particular, uh, we went through divorce when I was about 15 years old that involved some, some violence, and so there was a lot of pain in the household and a lot of pain in the kids. And I say, luckily, I was the oldest, um, not because the responsibility fell on me, but because I was old enough to process the situation and make decisions for myself. Um, but then, as I was making those decisions, uh, one decision got made for me by Crowing County Social Services. And so I call it the blessing of foster care. And so I don't know if anybody else in here has had any interactions with that part of the system. Um, but it was really interesting because the way that I got into the system was through a social worker who'd been assigned to my family as a guardian ad litem um, just to advocate for us. And there wasn't a level of, there's levels in which you can have your children taken away from you. And my family hadn't quite gotten to the level, but we were like on the radar, right? We're like at code yellow, if that's a thing. And... Um, there has to be kind of like a tipping point event in order to have your children taken um, from you and placed into the foster care system. And, and my family had just kind of ridden the line a little bit, and there hadn't been a full-on family event that had um, triggered the... Everybody's faces are really, really No, you're, you're doing great. Um, and and it's, it's somber in here, right, it as is. you tell this. But, but no, I'm, it's somber in part because we're all very interested, actually. Okay, so. all right. Yeah. Um, 
So I ended up creating an event for myself, um, which I didn't realize at the time. I thought it was something that had happened just to me instead of something that I had helped facilitate in my life. Um, I have an aunt that is eight years older than me, and she was kind of my saving grace through, through my parents' divorce. She lived in a trailer next to my family home up in Merrifield, and she had been in a horrid car accident. And so she was homebound. And so her party life had like had a huge stop sign put in front of it, and she was stuck hanging out with this like 14, 15 year old girl who just idolized her. So we spent a lot of time listening to music out in that little uh, trailer cabin, and she had taken me to Duluth to a concert. And I wish I remembered the concert because I know there's a lot of music folks in the room, but I don't. Um, but I had to stop at my mom's house because I was living with my dad, and I stopped at my mom's house, and she said, "You can't go home." I was like, I'm 15, I do what I want. I'm going home to my dad's house where I'm choosing to live. And she said, no, you're not. And I called my dad and he had told me, yeah, there's an order and you can't, I can't take custody of you right now. And my mom had been struggling with her own demons at the time and it just wasn't a good place for me at all. Um, and she just wouldn't let me go anywhere else. So she called the cops and they ended up having no where to take me because she said no to my dads, to my aunts, to my friends. And so in that type of situation, law enforcement only has one thing to do and they have to put you into some sort of hold. And in the state of Minnesota, it's a 72-hour minimum, um, which I'm going to ask you to describe the picture that I handed to you, Jim. I yeah. want you to <laughs> describe what I handed you because a really good podcast is going to have lots of pictures so everybody listening can't we'll, see it. We'll put that up on the thing and it's it's fair to note that you know podcasts and pictures don't work out so right. well but Jim can describe so it. So Jim's yep. going to describe because I heard he's really good at that. Well I, I'm going to try to describe it the best I can Jess but so this is a Polaroid picture of you it's 1982 um, you're standing what I would say it, it looks like in a hallway and you kind of have like a shirt kind of gown on basically so it looks very hospital like to me um, there's a bill, billboard behind you. You're 15 years old in this photo, correct? Yeah. And, you know, it, it looks like you're in a hospital or sort of a hallway to a hospital, but it's somewhat friendly. There's, like, trying to be, you know, kind of festive uh, poster behind you. But at the same time, the look on your face is like you look sort of scared and nervous. Yeah. You know, um, you're not looking at the camera, but you're looking away. You're smiling, but you know, I wouldn't say it's like a. It's not like someone just gave you a present. It looks like you're kind of looking off into the distance, and I would say you're just sort of. You know, knowing the what you've just said, you're probably wondering what the hell is going to happen. Yes, I like the way that you said that. That's so, not that someone had given me a present. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good description. Yeah. You're definitely sort of still in this photo. I, I, you know, it's interesting when you see photos like this. I mean, this is a moment of your time. This is 1982, and it completely captures you, you know, in this moment right here. That was actually my birthday. I'm a little younger. Oh, I'm sorry. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim's not great with math, so it's okay. <laughs> well, he, that's why he's the artist. It's all good. He's not great with math. 1982 is my birthday. Mm -hmm. 
This was like more circa 97-ish, but that's okay. I think it was well, like and you ask a you time. ask an artist to describe a picture, and oh, holy no, shit, you get the whole numbers. you get the whole thing. We can't <laughs> criticize them for the mass, but I thought I thought the way that you described that is actually really accurate because that's exactly what was going on. Um, the police had given me about ten minutes to pack a bag, which didn't need, but um, packed a bag, and I went into what's called a port girls' home in Brainerd, and uh, the first thing they do is they take your bag. And they take it to a room and they put your initials on everything you brought in Sharpie marker. You will not see those items again during your 72-hour hold, if that's as long as your hold is. Um, instead, they give you, um, this one's a flowery teal and pink, which was kind of the motif of the early to mid-90s. My Geo Metro was those same colors later in life. But um, <laughs> the pink swoosh on the teal. I still like teal. Um, but we had to wear these gowns because you were a runaway risk. And the port home in Brainerd was a beautiful piece of property that's now inhabited by an advertising agency. But it was right on the river and right by the train. So you actually had to wear a hospital gown the entire time that you were there until they could determine that you weren't a runaway risk. Um, and you can't make a phone call. And so I couldn't tell my dad what had happened and that's who I was living with at the time. Um, and it's really a, a moment of humbling to have your life put into the hands of a system that's been set up that you don't have any capacity to understand, um, either from a maturity standpoint or from an information standpoint. You just don't know what's going on. Um, and you're in there with a bunch of girls that are ranging in their offenses from you know, petty things, like your mom doesn't want you to go to your dad's house, versus you know, people who had actually been committed of some, or had been charged with some pretty serious crimes, but they were too young to really throw into the regular um, justice system. Um, but at the end of my 72-hour hold, this was an event that our guardian ad litem, or gal as they're called in the industry, was able to do something for me that was a gift, that I didn't realize was a gift at the time. Um, I got placed into foster care. And the woman that I was placed into foster care with, um, her name is Kim, and I wish desperately that she was on some type of social media so I could truly share with her now as a mother of my own children what she did for me. Um, but Kim provided something to me that I hadn't had before that I never realized was important, which was structure. And um, I'm not a super authoritarian parent, but my kids might tell you that I am. Um, she, had to, she made sure I had a job and she got me to my job. That wasn't something that my parents were equipped to do at the time. And it's something that I now realize is a privilege um, that not all children have. And I wouldn't have known that had I not been in foster care. Uh, we had chores every Sunday, and I know it seems silly, but it was an expectation that was tied to privileges too. And that was something else that I just really didn't have. Um, my parents were busy dealing with their own stuff. Um, but she made sure that I had a car. She bought me my first car, which was that Geo Metro in the teal with the pink swoosh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember those well. Those were those were fantastic little three-cylinder. That was like the only three-cylinder car around. Yep. It's a yeah. very unusual thing to have a three-cylinder car, and you had one. With a hatchback. Oh, my and God. So you could friends. get anywhere you wanted. I was really, really popular during that time. Um, but my responsibility was insurance. So I got to learn about car insurance, and I got to learn about getting a checkbook because Kim owned a cleaning business, 
and it was expected that one of my jobs was to help with the cleaning, um, which is also really humbling um, to clean other people's places and to get paid for it. Um, so she taught me responsibility is what I'm getting at. And she taught me that there's a reward at the end of being responsible. Um, and I didn't know that. And so when I look at some of the societal things that we see and how can we help kids, and I have to look back on how I was helped. And it was something that's basically built into a lot of families, but not all families. So I think about that a lot now is how can we help people learn those skills, kids especially, and then that skill can be tied to a great reward as well. Um, there's so much I want to say, but I saw you guys looking at the clock. How are we doing? No. We no, good? No, no, no. We're good? Okay. Yeah, you've, you've okay. got time. Okay. Um, so one of the other things that was interesting about my foster mom was that um, she was lesbian. And in Crow Wing County in the mid-90s, that was, she felt very lucky to even have a foster care license, which is abundantly painful. Um, that her girlfriend couldn't live with us. You know, she couldn't have that relationship out loud. Um, and that really influenced my politics and my life um, because she was such a joy into mine. She really, really was a gift. Um, out of a really dark situation, she provided me with something that I still obviously really hold on to and a lot of lessons that I brought into my adulthood. Um, but that particularly was really painful because her girlfriend was a part of our family. I mean, we went camping together and we had dinner together and I mean, she was there from a disciplinary and a loving standpoint. And it was just really, it was just really a shame that, that she couldn't have the family unit that we did have emotionally, but we couldn't have physically. Um, because of the way that the county was handling her sex life, which in general, like that thought, why is the county handling someone's sex life? But um, just really a, a sad thing for our family, and then that's what she really had become to me was a family. Um, I'll just keep talking. You guys uh, well, can interrupt with questions. I mean, unless there's something else you really, you really wanted to get to, I think you've, you've opened up plenty for us to okay. sort of... Yeah. Ask you a few questions about. Do it. Um, so, are you? I mean, I grew up through that same era, and my folks were divorced, and my story with my parents' divorce isn't isn't quite as dark, really. I think as yours, but it you know there were unhappy times, and and things were what they were. <laughs> yeah, my dad's in the audience, so I couldn't say I, could, I couldn't say Hi, shit dad. if I wanted to. I'd be like, oh Jesus, the old man's looking right at me. <laughs> but but, but no, Ron. But my. But I think you bring up some some things that kind of get overlooked these days. A couple of things. One one would be that the foster care system it actually does provide benefit for kids. There's some someone's got to step in when when others can't to help kids. And then another one that strikes me right away is uh, we have largely moved past sort of excluding or persecuting people for their own sexual preferences in the way that we used to. And I know when I was growing up, uh, we were being taught in school that you could be whatever you wanted to be and that these things didn't matter. But the, the reality was the practice in real life hadn't caught up to, be, to what we were being taught. And so uh, sexuality, homosexuality, gender identity, these things were 
it was still largely a major battlefield at that time outside of what I understood. I didn't realize that it was, but, but it turns out it was, and you lived directly through that, which is interesting. Well, and I think that it still is a battlefield. I mean, there's still people getting denied marriage licenses in contravention to Supreme Court decisions. There's still people that can't serve in the military because of gender identity. Um, there, there are people literally dying and at the hands um, of people who can't stand the fact that they exist because of how they identify either sexually or through their gender identity. And, but yeah, to have experienced that firsthand in my family, that was a blessing too because that wasn't something that I was necessarily going to experience within my nuclear biological family as well. Right. And you did, you did something that's one of my favorite things to do. Ooh, what's that? Well, to tell a really dark story, but somehow or other, you see the light in it. Mm-hmm. Because you, mm-hmm. you... She's very what, resilient. Yeah, what yep. you learned from that is, mm-hmm. is something that, that, as difficult as that experience was, you came through it understanding something you never would have been given had you not had that. Well, right. And I, it's a blessing that I even had the experience that I did because we did respite care for other families. I mean, my, my foster mom was so amazing that, like, taking care of the kids that she'd been assigned wasn't enough. We offered care on the weekends for other foster parents so they could take a break. And it was heartbreaking. Some of these kids were toddlers and they were coming in with dirty diapers and nothing. They had nothing and it, they, were, they were in foster care already. Right. They didn't even have a bag pack to spend the weekend with us. And my foster mom would go out and buy clothing. She would buy them a backpack. And I know, like, I brought a little list of things that you can do to help foster kids because that's, like, kind of what I do. But some of these kids are living in garbage bags, essentially, and that's if they have enough belongings to put into a bag. Um, Because when you don't know where you're going to be sleeping, it doesn't make sense to hold on to a lot. Um, So she would buy them clothing and diapers and wipes and stuffed animals just so they had something to call their own. so I know that I was blessed and I got lucky. So even in my foster care, like a lot of people might think that's sad, but I don't because I know I was blessed through it anyways. Other kids are not so lucky. And right. there are a lot of dark stories that can come from foster care too. Well, there, I really there again, blessed. you're making light. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're making light where there might seemingly be none for other people. So I, th- yeah. I think that's really fantastic. So I just a couple of questions. Um, one you may not want to answer, but uh, do you want to run for office again? Mm. Only because you don't have to answer. I'm just putting it out there. But wow, you know, that's on the spot. based I know, right? <laughs> it wasn't unexpected. No. <laughs> uh, just because you know, talking with you and you know, getting to know you, I think you have so much to offer that I think we could really, but this country could benefit from having somebody like you in office. So how do you feel about that? Okay. And then also. You know, kind of on the same vein, if it's not office, how do you see yourself contributing back, whether it's foster care or helping the community? What's the next step for you? Ooh, deep. <clears throat> okay. Um, I, think, I think a lot about running for office um, out of the idea that there's sh- like this cerebral place, there should be someone sitting in those seats that has some experience that doesn't look like everybody else's experience. Like cerebrally, I have that idea. Um, but in reality, I live out in Foley. And for the listeners who may not be familiar with Minnesota, 
um, geography or politics, uh, Foley is um, highly dark red. I don't know how else to put that. Um, door knocking is more like driving 10 minutes to the next house, walking up the three-quarter mile driveway, um, knocking on the door, and then possibly getting called lots of names and, you know, get accused of trespassing and then walk away. They're not all, not all the experiences are like that, but there's enough where it's like, okay, there's only so much of you and there's only so much time and so much emotional energy that you feel okay peeling away from not playing Monopoly with your kids. <laughs> that you look at yourself as a resource, which is a really weird way to do it, but you think, where is my energy best spent? And I think it's easy to get burnt out right now. Like, shit, I, I put a Facebook timer on, 25 minutes max per day, the end. And sometimes it's hard because I want to like go on Messenger and chat with my friends, but where is my resource best used? And for me right now where I live, I don't think it's best used running for office. I think that my time and my energy and my soul um, and my story could be best used for someone who lives running for office in St. Cloud, for example. So I did just sign up for someone else's campaign to help them with their scheduling, and I do enjoy door knocking, actually. Um, mostly because you get to hear people's stories. That makes you a strange person. <laughs> I mean, not, not, well, I no, you're not strange. I'm <laughs> saying that's a very difficult thing to get through. But yeah. um, I think whatever you're doing, so our, our little podcast helps get a message out, right? And, mm -hmm. and you've very effectively conveyed a message that is important for people to hear. So our, our friends uh, in the country who may enjoy this out in Foley, um, they're, not, they're not bad people, they, but they're not hearing these perspectives all the time. And here you are, uh, a, a person from Brainerd, a person who cares, and a person who's working hard to make things better, and you're getting a message out. And I think that's exactly what we came here for tonight. And is there, yeah, and I see, do you have another, do you have another thing that you'd like to share, or any kind of closing thoughts? Closing remarks. Just, I just want to say, like, I, I love the fact that you've that you've hung on to this photo. You know, I mean, it, that is a moment in time, and you probably, I don't know if you've ever thought about getting rid of it or not getting rid of it, but like, you, I mean, this is something that is meaningful. This is a snapshot of that moment, and I think that's wonderful that you brought it in. I think it's great that you've kept it too. It's you a know. big part of your, your life and your legacy, which is yeah, what this really is all about. Is. That's so. really why I brought it in, is because this is an important time in my life, and it's not, it is how you're going to see it, right? It's going to be either something that was good or bad or whatever, and if you want to think in that type of terms, have fun with it. That makes life hard to process, but instead you can look at it as something that shaped me, and it is part of my legacy. It did turn my life around. And so it's, it's those little points on the little graph of when your direction changed. And for me, that's what this picture is. And so when I was thinking about this podcast and I was thinking about the power of having technology able to help you share your legacy, this would be the type of thing that I would put in with a story. You could have come up here and just told us some stupid story about how you, you know you were in college and you got drunk and you did something stupid. Instead, you told us a very, very there poignant you story about your youth yeah. and how that impacted you. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for having me. Thank right. you very, Thank you, very yes. much. Well done, Jess Villaggi. Well done.
should we should we keep going? Should we take a quick break? Just a tiny break. Two minutes. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. All right, all right, all right. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what isn't? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeling service, residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with a purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consolation. God, I just like that. That one. All right, that one is definitely not going to be mine. That could be oh, my favorite. Want to go on a wilderness adventure with Sam? Or maybe know a group of kids who could benefit from a break from their electronics? Maybe you just need a break from the kids. Visit earthed.org for more information about how to get started. Brought to you by the Andalin app. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin... Ah, shit. Andalin, now available on the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Do you have an idea that you know deserves a digital solution? Finding a partner to help navigate the digital design and application building process can be daunting. Mobile Composer, in partnership with Kinetic Legacy, offers forward-thinking design built on a stable and adaptable compliance platform. Visit mcomposer.com or kineticlegacy.us to get started building the solutions of tomorrow. Enterprise or consumer together, Mobile Composer and Kinetic Legacy offer solutions that work in a language you can understand. Interested in art? James Holmberg... (sighs) Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. (sighs) Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. Jim, stop. All right, are we ready to start the second half? Second, third, second, sec- second third half? Second, second third. third half, second whatever. Third. Who's the mathematician around here? Not me. It's not me. Not well, me. Not me. Yikes. I know that this is, uh, there There are three parts to this. Mm-hmm. This is the second of those. So for anyone listening, you should be able to figure it out from that. Uh, let's introduce, uh, well, I don't think we have to talk about the weather. We already did no, that. No, we already did that. It's all uh, good. No We're one cares three, three, about one us. Jess is live. 331 <laughs> Legacy Matters Live. Yep. And we, we love live. our audience, as Thank Bauhaus you, audience. Said. Uh, we do. We love our audience. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Over and over and over. Uh, so our next guest, uh, I'm going to introduce our next guest. This yes. is my, my responsibility. Aaron Seymour, um, you have been into our studio and recorded a, a previous show with us. It is show number 32, entitled White Sweater, just so people know. Uh, so we've already had a chance to talk to you. Um, there's a few things I know about you. Uh, I know that you were in bands 
when I was not yet really into music and bands, so it's a while back. Or know? even solid food. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely alive, but I wasn't necessarily into things. But you were in uh, the Widgets Jeez. in the 80s yep. and the Delilahs in the 90s, yep. both of whom uh, achieved some success. And, and people, uh, people know of those bands, especially in our community, but but that's a it's a big thing to to have done that. So uh, currently, you have one thing that I've noticed since you were on our show is that you have sent a bunch of your friends our way, yeah. and and different friends from from very I, I don't know just some really cool people from our community who do different things. It's been a real blessing for us to have to have your recommendations come in and. and be on our show. So any of our guests, uh, any of you listeners, if you want to hear someone talk about their life and legacy, please do as Aaron has done and send people our way via email. Uh, that would be great. You also currently play at the Astor Cafe and at Nye's, correct? On, on various occasions? Yeah, I'll play at the Astor Cafe and uh, Driftwood um, Char Bar. And then at Nye's, I just go sing at the piano bar on Wednesday nights with a, God, that's awesome, a bunch though. of other... I mean, it's, it's, it makes it sound like it's not a big deal, but it's a pretty that's big a deal. That's a pretty fun thing. Well, it's really fun. Yeah. 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 John, and is the new Nye's, I have not been, is the new Nye's, is it enough of an homage to the old Nye's that it's fun to do what you're doing? Uh, I'll you answer that. Yes. I'll answer that two ways. It, it's it's enough. It's an homage. Yes. It's not. It's not really at all like the old knives. It's the piano bar, but it's on the side of the building that was the polka bar, and it's been kind of redone in a very kind of the way that a lot of places are redone with exposed brick and like dark lighting, and uh, it's nice. Um, but what, what is similar about it is that uh, the person behind the piano does a great job, and people get the take the mic and sing and. Uh, and you know, have a good time with each other. So, uh, and it's on that same corner, um, which is kind of a cool historic corner to be on. And, oh, absolutely! And know. it still bears the name Nyes. Yep, it does. Uh, don't be modest about this. Uh, like when you let's say, so it's kind of a semi-open mic night. Yeah, thing, it's, right? no, it's totally, totally is. Yeah. yeah, and when you get up there, are people like? Fuck yeah! It's Aaron Seymour again. Like yeah. that's what was really good. No, uh, no. <laughs> no, no. Come on, you're supposed uh, to say no. yes. Maybe uh, I don't know. I, I do. I, just, <laughs> I, uh, I really enjoy the sound of my own voice. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's fun. I mean, a lot of people sing, and I, I, I go, yeah, when it's somebody else, um, and you know, when it's a song I love or whatever. So. Um, and it's a group of friends. I mean, there there are a lot of people who come in for the first time uh, ever on a given night, or they come in from a birthday party or a work happy hour and sing with it. There's always a group of people, I don't know, five to ten people who are kind of regulars, um, who, you know, support each other in this kind of a mini little, you know, support group community there. And also supportive of the people who come up for the first time, because for a lot of people, it's really nerve-wracking to you know, take a microphone and sing a song, you know, in, in front of others, you know it's, I mean? It's uh, nerve-wracking enough to do your first live podcast, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is a little bit. It yeah. is. It is a little. But here we go. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, since I'm introducing you, do, I, we came here tonight, uh, our lovely audience, all of them. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. woo! 
Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. We get, we'll add we'll add canned Stay audience there. noises later. <laughs> like <laughs> we'll make yeah. it sound as if there's fifteen hundred people Jim's here. Jim's looking be for sound effects actually. So, I'm looking for the cotton candy and the corn on the sticker, whatever the it is. Ferris wheel. Yeah. Corn All on right. the sticker. Uh, they came here not to listen to us, oh, but they came here to listen to our three fantastic guests. Uh, it's your turn. Okay. You're up. All right. So uh, the theme was, uh, you know, s- stories from the lighter and darker side of life, right? And uh, I don't know, Jess's story was amazing, kind of. It's kind of hard to come up here after that, I, honestly. And mine will sound probably all like, from the lighter side, you know, in contrast to that. Um, but I, uh, I, I don't have one long story. I have a, a few that kind of, I think, illustrate how um, the, light, the darker side is, n- n- at least in my experience, never too far from the lighter side. Um, uh, and then like the cliche, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. But, um, and uh, it probably will involve stories of getting drunk when I'm a college agent. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> making so a fool we're, myself. We're big but, into those themes as well. Yeah, so... Um, uh, a, a few sort of examples of that. So, um, first one, when I was about, I don't know, 19, yeah, I guess 19 years old, I was in this band, The Widgets, and we were trying to make a record, and we recorded a lot of it, and we were trying to get gigs and having a little bit of a hard time doing that. And um, so, But we got this gig at a place in St. Paul called Mr. B's, which I don't think is there anymore. But we were pretty excited about it. They hired us for two nights, and we were young enough where we didn't realize that, you know, you you're probably supposed to help get your own audience to show up at a <laughs> at a gig. So, uh, you know, we probably did go put up a lot of posters and stuff, but no one knew who we were or whatever. So we uh, had really high expectations, uh, I think, for the show. Like we're gonna play, we're gonna play our own show, and we're the headline band, you know, for two nights. So we go there and we set up, and it's time to start playing. And there is little, literally no one in the audience. I mean, literally no one. <laughs> And I'll try not to say literally too often. Uh, but you mean there was absolutely no one? There was absolutely no one there. The bar, the bartender was there. And, uh, and we started to play. He said, you guys start playing. So we started playing. Um, and we also didn't realize that when, you're the, when, when we were the headline band, we're supposed to fill the whole evening. Like We had like an hour's worth of our own songs, and, and that was it. So we started playing. And, uh, you know, I don't mind saying we were playing pretty good. <laughs> And uh, but there was no one to corroborate that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, uh, I was in great voice. Uh, and everything was clicking, but there was no one there. Um, and then we started running out of songs to play. And uh, and then my boss from work came in. This guy named Bud. I was I used to make sandwiches at Sergeant Preston's on the West Bank, and so did uh, my so did our guitar player um, on. Uh, you know, so over on the West Bank. So anyway, he came in, and now, now it's really embarrassing because our boss comes, and it's the only the only person in the audience. And and then about five minutes later, uh, my friend Ed's sister Bridget came in, and so we had two people in the audience. <laughs> and we ran out of the songs to play, so we started playing uh, halves of songs that we kind of knew, like <laughs> ACDC, You Shook Me All Night Long, and, and uh, you know, Leonard... Leonard Skinner songs and um, and it was it was going poorly. So we, we finally decided to take a break and uh, and we had oh the other thing about my boss Bud he'd come in and decided that 
uh, to help cheer us up, he would he would buy us shots of tequila and me. Good idea. Yeah, and I think cheered by that. And I think <laughs> this is a non-alcoholic beer, by the way, uh, which this may have something to do with that. Um, but uh, anyway, I don't know how many shots of tequila we had, but I do know that when I got off the stage, uh, I was not happy with how the evening was going. It was not at all what I'd pictured in my high expectations. So I went in the bathroom, and I just started uh, doing the, mo the most sensible thing I, I could think of at the time, was just punching the paper towel dispenser in the men's room. And, uh, and then the guy working at the bar, I think he was the bartender, the bouncer, everything, he came in and saw me doing that, and... Uh, told me to knock it off and grab me, kind of slammed me up against the bathroom wall a couple times, and uh, which I, you know, I didn't like. And I told, I told my friend at our guitar player about it, and he's like, well, fuck that, we're out of here. You know, so, so we pack up our stuff and leave. We ask to get paid. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and the guy wouldn't pay us, so... Uh, as we were leaving, my friend Ed uh, went up on the stage and decided to urinate on it. And uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, oh, we're getting to the dark part. Yeah. Yes. So and then and then also as we were pulling away, I think I think someone picked up a rock and threw it at a window in the back of the of the bar. Someone and uh, <laughs> some unnamed individual around 19 years old. So, yeah. so the gig was kind of disappointing, and we went home and told our roommates in this house that we rented about it and uh and you know embellished it probably and uh but anyway one of the people there that we're telling the story to um lived down the street and his roommate was like music editor for the city pages at the time and so he told he told that guy the story and like gave him our tape of our record that we were making and uh the next week in the city pages in this column that was called orange in there's like this retelling of the story, making us and, and call us like the bad boys of rock and roll or whatever oh! like that. And uh, and then you know later that day the my, the phone rings and it's Maggie from the Uptown Bar wondering if we want to play like on a Friday night and uh, and uh, so literally behaving stupidly, being stupid, and uh, a, a gig that went so horribly all of a sudden. It kind of became our little break and, and a lot of people came to that Uptown Bar show and then more people came to more shows after that and it, and it kind of snowballed and all came out of that, that terrible uh, gig. So, well, I have, a, I, have a, <laughs> I have what I assume to be a very reasonable question. Hmm. And it, it may not be, but, okay. but let's, say, let's say a person goes to their first paid gig. You're not going to get paid anything if no one comes. I mean, that, right. you know, you're right. not sharing... You're not sharing the share of the door or something yeah, with a zero yeah. crowd, right? Right. But, but did no did no reasonable adult uh, adult suggest to you that, like, just go ahead and fucking play your set over again because I'm the only one who's ever heard it. Like, if someone new yeah. walks in, just play the same set over again because no one's heard it but me. No one said that. You know that would have been a good thing to hear. <laughs> uh, but I mean, might that not have been a reasonable choice? At we, that point? you know, we might have even talked about doing that. We had that little break, uh, but then things then things changed. So, anyway, I, I really Let's play love half songs. like the kind of half songs, like a couple guitar riffs, yeah. a little drum, you know, like. Everyone probably, I mean, you know, a little it, it, yeah. Hell's Bells or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, some of our 
heroes at the time were the replacements, and they were kind of famous for oh, getting the, the too bonkers. drunk and screwing everything yeah. and playing, you know, like the, the the record from Oklahoma City show, like the shit hits the fans or whatever. It's it's all. <laughs> You know, half songs because they didn't know the rest of them, and and <laughs> people love. And we, I mean, we, you know, honestly, we were probably trying to be like them. It's probably why we yeah. happily down the shots of tequila and everything. Um, but uh, so the dark part at the time seemed like the gig went bad. The dark, the dark part to me now is that I thought that was a good idea, and that <laughs> sure, you know, uh, sure. But I, I mean, is there anyone amongst us who can look at your youth and say, I wish I, you know. I'm really happy with all the choices I made yeah. in my youth. I mean, yeah, yeah, we, we no. do some stupid crap, yeah. all of us. Yeah. Well, I just have to say that I do remember the widgets and Delilah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I, and I, I didn't see that show, but I remember the... You well, know. I know you didn't. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so I wasn't there for that one, but... Do you... <laughs> do you, yeah. do you want Not it? unless you were bartending at whatever yeah, yeah. stupid no, bar I was at that night. No, I was definitely not at that you're one. At, you're at the Iron Horse that night. I, 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 I think I was, actually. <laughs> yeah. The Iron Horse was calling my name that night. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to share what your friend Stephanie said, or is that too personal? I don't remember that part. <laughs> of course you don't. <laughs> Jim, Jim has this, there's a reason we created a memory preservation yeah, app, <laughs> and mostly it's because he and I both, no, I can't remember nothing, and he can't either. What did, what did Stephanie say? Maybe oh, he doesn't my. want to share. No, you don't That's have to. Okay. You don't it's have okay, to. Jim. I'm well, it was the something spot. about Zuzu Puddles and, and being at some of those shows, and I was like, I don't remember that, and she was like, yeah, you were there. You, you, you were just, you know, you were just a little wasted. Overserved. Yeah, overserved. Over oh, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, yeah it was overserved. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, it wasn't, that That takes the onus off of the uh, servee and puts it back on the server. <laughs> I, I would not have gotten myself into this position had sure. so-and-so not given yeah. me so many. I like that. Yeah, right. You were overserved. Right. You, yeah, it happens. It happens to people. <laughs> Sneaks up on you. I, I had another gig ten years later. Uh, that kind of similar story, but different. It was this didn't involve tequila or not having enough music to play or whatever. But it was a show at the Seventh Street Entry when I was in the Delilahs, and um, a snowstorm happened, as happens, you know, in Minnesota. And uh, and you know, we're talking to the bar, uh, seeing if they're going to cancel the show or not, and they don't. And so we play. Uh, a gig, and again, I don't mind saying I think we were doing pretty well. <laughs> uh, no, and, and actually, I do remember this gig pretty vividly. There was there were two people that I could see in the audience. The lights are here at Seventh Street Entry. The monitors are like up here, and there's a a woman sitting on the there's like the two layers, uh, you know, levels back there where you can kind of sit up on one and put your foot on the other one. Uh, and there was a woman sitting there just with the look on her face, like. I can't believe I'm here. These guys suck so bad. Like, uh, I'm so I, glad I didn't I'm, pay for I'm this. I'm so not impressed. My boyfriend's band is so much better than this. No, but I, I made a point. I remember that night of just, I, I'm going to win her over. They're the only person here. I'm going to sing right to her the whole night. And I don't know if I don't know if I did or not, but the, the show disintegrated because there's nobody there. Um, started doing silly things like, you know, singing old parts of BG's songs, you know, between when somebody broke a string and stuff like that. And it was just a very forgettable night. And another night in uh, my illustrious rock career where I, you know, laid in my bed later and thought, what am I doing with my life? Like, what? what, what this is so stupid. And again, uh, um, I don't know, a few weeks later we had a gig and I 
opened again. This is the city pages even exist anymore? But <laughs> oh yeah, they do. The same at the time, it was like day. you know my you know uh, I I looked at it every week, and and there was a plug for our show that week, and it referenced that uh, Blizzard night when no one was there, but apparently this writer for the city pages was there, and 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 that plug turned out to be kind of a little spark plug for for that band, and you know increased our popularity and. Uh, you know, and was completely unexpected, and a gig that I thought was um, was thrown away. Um, so again, some some light coming out of what seemed like some darkness. Uh, and then on the flip side, uh, a couple of years later, when things were going really well for our band, and we we're about to sign, you know, our this major label record deal, which is um, kind of the brass ring we've been like trying to, you know, grab forever. Um, and the week that I was uh, getting married to my lovely wife, who's still here. So this is 23 years and three weeks ago, probably Hi, now. Uh, um, everything's going great. Everything's perfect. And uh, and then uh, the week, you know, a few days before I'm getting married, one of my friend's bandmates calls me and is like, hey, we got to come talk to you. And I, I'm like, well, what about? And I'm, he, he's like, well, I, we should really talk in person. Thomas and I need to talk to you. And I'm like, are you guys quitting? And uh, so they were quitting, and uh, they were, you see? yeah, they yeah. they had decided to to leave the band, and it kind of broke up, you know, the deal we were going to sign and the momentum and everything like that. And I was, you know, it was uh, I was crushed by it. I didn't know what to do, and and I I, I really did end up uh, it really did end up breaking up the band and kind of uh, ending effectively ending my you know music career, um, and it seemed like the worst thing that could ever happen. Um, and yet, uh, it's what allowed me to have the life that came after that, you know, um, which is better than anything I'd ever pictured, you know, like getting to have, um, you know, a, a great marriage and uh, three great children and, you know, things that I never imagined when I was a guy in a rock band, like, you know, owning a home and, you know, being able to go on vacation, uh, uh, to not be worried about money every second of my life, you know. Um, and so it was, it was really a blessing that uh, that looked like just you know like my the, the rug of my whole life had been pulled out from from under me and, and it, it turned out not to be that at all but you know it's not readily apparent sometimes you know it's, it, it, it feels immediate and and total when the rug gets pulled out from under me uh, but you know uh, a great life takes a little longer to reveal itself you know um, right. and you know that's the nature of that beast though right isn't it yeah. that, that you know, if if the old adage, and and again, this is the lighter and darker stories of life, right? Mm -hmm. If the old adage is sort of like it's it's darkest before the dawn, before the dawn, right? All you know, yeah. There's a bunch of these things that not just the darkest before the dawn. That's a great one. Uh, standing in the eye of a hurricane. These things like you you just don't know where you're at, and you can't. You can only perceive life looking back at the things you've done and kind of measure to that point where you're at, but you can't know what's around the next corner. And so that seems like at, at its core that you're not going to get to something that's good, yet around the next corner there, there may very well be lurking the, the worst or the best thing that's ever happened. You, yeah. you just never know. Yeah. So. And, and all those experiences make you who you are, you know, um, and, and prepare you for, you know, something that's going to come next. And and sometimes the thing 
the worst thing is much worse than that. Uh, but right. because but you've you know trained your way you know or I've trained my way up to it, so I can handle that next you know challenge that was unexpected. Well, and as you get older, you just sort of learn to roll with those punches just yeah. much more, yeah. Yeah, that much more. But yeah, it, that's. Uh, those are both fantastic stories. And These two probably have questions. You still have your creative out. I mean, yeah, you're I still making say, yeah. music. I mean, you're still performing. I mean, like we st- talked at the beginning. I mean, white sweater. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're still doing. So it's it's just interesting. You just kind of shift from trying to make a career sort of out of it to just fulfilling, you know, the passion of it. Yeah. Still. And I've I've had a conversation with you guys even and um, and other people about you know what's the more you know what's what's the right way to do art of any kind like to commit your whole life to it and 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 maybe depend on it for your livelihood um or to not depend on it for your livelihood but to do it just out of the pure love for it and i think and i don't think there's maybe the way i phrase it sounds like i that i think i know what the answer is or because of my decision i think i know what the answer is but i I really don't i the people who are committed and and uh and and live and die by it uh i I, I impressed me, and I, you know, I admire them, and I, and I, and I kind of wish, in some ways, that I had the stomach, you know, to do that myself. But I, I don't. It wouldn't be me, you know. It's I'm. But, but don't discount the amount of effort you have put into it. You, yeah, yeah. You've, you've done a lot to get yourself down. There's, there's a lot of luck and weirdness that goes into all of how that all works out. Too. Yeah. So you, you've dedicated yourself to what it is you love, and, yeah. and you've had your successes. But it's still a part of your everyday life, like we talked about on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I mean, for ten years, it honestly wasn't. I mean, when with little, ki- I've heard you talking about having little kids, and you know. Oh yeah, with, with kids, you're you're bound to raising children. Yeah, yeah. And with art, I mean, like this, I mean, you know, to be creative too. I mean, it's like this constant, like you can't. There's not a formula, you know. There's not like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to do this, and this is going to be successful. You got to constantly take risk mm-hmm. and, and experiment, evolve. and that's hard in real life. I mean, it's yeah. hard to pay the bills and experiment and take risk in in any art form. It you is. know, you know, I listened to uh, Beak's podcast with you guys earlier, and yeah. I was very impressed with, and and I think it's because he had these other skills that he had developed, but he was able to. He talked about how how to go from. You know, to be learn how to be a manager and in pr- producing other people and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and and to mm-hmm. be able to make a good living at it. And uh, mm-hmm. I was I was like, oh, that's right. cool. I mean, that's you know, he, he he makes his own music and he's helping other people make and he's and he stayed in it. And and uh, I don't know. That's I, I'm I've I, I was impressed by that. You know. Well, I am impressed. I by think that. I'm gonna let that be the caveat. There we into go. Into our next. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, well, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, turns out, good segue, good segue. <laughs> he happens to be in the audience. Turns out, Laserbeak is in the audience, and uh, it happens to be a really damn nice fella. And thank you, Aaron, for everything. Thank you, guys. Aaron, been a great you, supporter. Thank Thanks for coming. Honestly, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Great, great friend of the podcast. Yes. Thank you, Aaron. And again, I think. Time for time for a, yeah, a yeah. quick break. This is nice. You just order drinks up here. What else oh, should we I do? Don't, I don't I think we can. I love that you're drinking hams. Apparently, what? Yeah. Oh yeah, I see it. That's oh yeah. Pretty. Okay. Classy. Yeah. Uh, 
Cheers, guys. Congratulations on your first live podcast. Are we we recording? Oh, we're recording. Well, I'd like to say it again then, Sam. Congratulations. First live podcast. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Second Second time guest. Second time? With, Second time uh, guest. I'm feeling pretty good. Although I know that there's other people out there that have been... Well, and you, you have your own podcast. I'll let Jim go ahead. Jim, you're doing the introductions. Let's go, Jim. All right. So uh, we are here with Laserbeak this evening. And Laserbeak, Beak, as we like to... Oh, As you're known yep. by us, I guess. Or Absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you are the head honcho of uh, Doomtree. Yes. And you have done a podcast with us before. I had a great time. Uh, episode number 27, The Beak Has Landed. <laughs> so <laughs> This is a really good title. Whoever yeah. came up with that is really yep. good. Uh, along with that, you also have Tuesdays with Laserbeak, which is your own podcast. My own podcast. In, My own it's out. Uh, it, it's, it's out. It's, it's hard out. to say. It varies. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that, that's Charlie in the audience. <laughs> Shout out to Charlie. Questions. So. Um, yeah, I didn't think I would get into podcasting because I don't listen to podcasts. But maybe you guys are the same way. Yeah, it's never, just like never a huge fan of podcasts everyone, until we started. But one. everyone should have a podcast. It Every, everyone out. should have. I, I did not want a podcast, but now I apparently have one. And yes, it's all due to Sam because he insisted on the podcast. Nice job, Sam. That was super lame, and then here we are. I'll date myself now because I had a blog. I still have a blog. Oh, a blog. God damn it. Which I feel like was the first podcast. Blog was was a podcast. Now podcast is the thing. I still have the blog. So I have to also point Tuesdays out with the fact okay. that when you came in, uh, we were sitting here, and you're Mr. Doomtree, as I would you know, I recognize like you, yeah. and we're talking and talking, and you say, oh, I was in this band, Plastic Constellations, which uh, I was like, what? That was you? So I know Beak from when he was 16 years old. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, Apparently. 16. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was like, what? That's you? I have your CD, and I have... Hundreds I, yeah. of CDs Extensive in the studio collection, and these two. I thought he was full of shit. Yeah, Sam and Sarah are looking at me like they whatever. were questioning. Really, it. Sam? I could pick up on that like, vibe. Like, yeah, dude, you're you're an, you're an idiot. It was awkward. I don't know what you're. T- it was very awkward. <laughs> and then uh, Kate, who works with us, got up, looked at a what? We a said it was red. CDs, yeah, it and was goes, red. oh, here it is, and yes. pulled it out. And now I'm like legit. You're like, listen, motherfuckers, never yeah. question right. me again. I know what I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Jim doesn't you know? remember much, yeah, but when you, you knew, do, if you every once in a while, when I remember, <laughs> you know. if you knew him well enough, you'd question him from time to time. You know, everyone but needs to I, be checked. It's yes. good for us. It's but good what for I understand us to be is he's he's more legit than he than he lets on. Yeah. You yeah. had a CD that I didn't even have in my own collection. That's yeah, that's and, why it's and so funny. I felt. Pretty cool. And then my mom, actually, shout out to my own mother, who will listen to this as well, listened yeah. to the Beak Has Landed podcast yeah. and was like, oh, honey, I have like three or four of those CDs. If you need a copy, <laughs> oh. I, I've been saving them for you. Oh, my God. That is awesome. So we bring it full circle, family yep. legacy. Yep. You're going to have a solid handful of CDs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm going to have a lot of CDs. <laughs> yeah. We didn't sell all of them for sure. So, so, so if you sold 10 of them, and yeah. I'm not saying you only sold 10. I know oh, no. you sold more. But if you sold ten of them, for sure, your mom bought some, and Jim got one. And that's Jim got one. Actually, I, I didn't actually purchase it. That wow. was it was given what? to me. How no, do it was you given to that? me by my no, mom. No, no, no. Someone. I, no, I can tell you, it was someone from the Walker because I had seen Ooh. you guys, and they were like, and I was sort of 
cool yeah kind of no way question. back when and they yeah. were like hey you need one of these cds and i was like all right and then i kind of tuned in on it i thought i had I another it. one but i apparently i didn't so my memory doesn't quite work the fact that you had way. that one which we made in high school and like i think our drummer took like a graphic design class to make the cd insert right. and the, right. the the inside picture is us like outside of hopkins high school like yeah. the fact that you have that one is really cool to me well Good yeah. job, Anyways, Jim. Good job, Big Jim. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. It's episode Jim, 27. Jim is cool once again. <laughs> don't yeah, inflate don't, his don't, ego. No, You're no, back, no, baby. No. Don't, let these guys, don't let these guys tell you any differently. You're my favorite. Right, thanks. I appreciate that. Jim's everybody's favorite. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, thanks for coming to our podcast. Oh, my God. Thank you, guys. Podcast. Live podcast. I appreciate you guys thank you for having me on the first time i had a lot of fun i will be honest that i didn't uh you invited me to this thing i was like sure yeah cool we'll talk and then i didn't really look at the like the name on the flyer that was the lighter oh, and the darker side neither did and I. I i didn't either <laughs> i didn't really have a story you prepared uh, nothing i did not prepare said. a story all right yeah. well, you've, had, you've had uh, two other guests i know who are excellent and Jess and Aaron crushed it. Nicely yep. done. It's an yep. honor to share a bill with you at the 331. Mm. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I <laughs> am just going to go, I'm going to go back in, way back in time to, um, I'm like, I'm 82 as well, Jess. I'm 1982. Shout out. Um, That's the year of your birth? Great year. The year of my birth. Okay. I just turned 37. See, see I was like 16 in 1982, so that's why You're I You're lying. <laughs> so that's why you were, yeah, you were kind of giving Jess a hard time because you're making her seem like he doesn't as do old, well as you. old as me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not possible, Jess. Not possible. Um, I, uh, my dad, so I grew up in Hopkins, which is like 20 minutes west of the cities. A little like working class suburb. Um, we moved there because my dad was uh, accepting like an assistant pastor job. And so they moved from, I don't know where, I was two years old at the time. And my mom and dad moved down to Hopkins. And we start a life there. Now I'm two, I get a little bit older. And now I'm like maybe seven or eight. It's like 1990 ish. And my dad has been, like, dying to get a desktop computer. Like, it's time. It's, the prices have been going down. It's starting to look like it might fit into the budget. And, I, you know, we would get the Best Buy ad in the Sunday paper. He would be kind of, like, looking through that for a long time. And he finally gets the desktop. And I'm probably in second or third grade. It's amazing. It has solitaire on it. Like, he just played solitaire all the time. I learned how to play solitaire, and then you'd win solitaire, and the shit would just fly out 3D at you, and then every once in a while, one would go wrong, and it would just be, like, black instead of the 3D thing, and it would just go and go, and you could somehow, like, you could click, you could maneuver in there. It was awesome. I'm pretty sure it literally just had solitaire on it. Like, we didn't have email yet. Uh, (laughs) There's nothing that you could do with that thing. Maybe I had, like, number crunchers. Minesweeper. Yeah, that I never got. I could never figure that one out. Um, (laughs) But, so, needless to say, it's a big moment in our in our family history. My, my sister has now come along. She's probably three years old. And it's our, it's our family unit. And now we have a computer. So, like, we're feeling pretty good about it. Um, and one night, I, I wake up in the middle of the night, and I hear my dad, who is an assistant pastor. We don't, like, we're very, we don't swear. We don't say anything. We don't even say, like, oh, my God. We say, oh, my gosh. And he's just yelling, like, 
damn it! Like, over and over again, like, freaking the fuck out. And it's, like, two in the morning, and I'm like, okay, this isn't, like, a normal occurrence. Um, and so I'm kind of freaked out. Like, okay, something's wrong. Dad's really upset. Um, definitely has struggled with anger, more so then than he does now, and I've inherited some of that. We all work on our anger. Um, but... I'm like, oh shit, something really bad happened. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, we're going to lose the house or somebody died. Like, some shit has gone down. And um, my mom comes into the room and super caretaker, like classic mom, uh, and is like, honey, oh, you're up. Okay. And I'm like, oh, what's wrong? Why is dad so angry? And she's like, well, uh, it appears that somebody has peed on the computer. And, and I'm like, well, why would Emily do that? This is my three-year-old daughter, or daughter, my three-year-old sister. Um, I'm like, why would she do that? That's crazy. Why would anyone pee on a computer? She's like, you know, honestly, I love my mom for being the diplomat. She's like, we would, you know, we would have thought probably Emily, except that we found a pair of your like. Uh, teal BVDs on the floor right next to the computer. So you busted yourself. And my dad is beside himself. And now that I'm a, a, like a father and just someone that has to like have a mortgage and understands what like you save up for nice things and there's a lot that goes into that, I can now tell this story and be like, oh my God. Like, you know, the compu- it's not just the computer. The computer is like a lot more than just the computer. At least that's me interpreting it. Um, so I'm in deep shit. Like, really, really in trouble. Computer is definitely broken. And the evidence is there. The evidence is there. I had apparently sleptwalked, peed on the computer, thinking that it was a toilet, taken my underwear off, gone back into my room, put new underwear on, and gotten back into bed and fell asleep like nothing had happened. Master criminal. That's great. Master I, criminal. I still to this day don't fully believe that I was the one that did this. Might have been my mom. Might have been my dad. You think so? So there's a there's an outside chance. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So there's an outside yeah, chance your dad too. was it? My dad. Yeah, there's then, an outside chance that your dad. Or let's let's talk about me? the logistics of your mother, right? But but there's an outside chance that your dad went down, peed on his own computer, yeah. and then was like, "Oh my God, I I shouldn't have done this. Yeah, I, I should no. definitely frame my son." <laughs> As a father now, I could see this going down. Like I could see myself planting the BVDs. Because why would I do that? Like, why? Have you, did you ever sleepwalk before this? Well, so this is the start of many uh, urinating sleepwalking <laughs> All right. experiences. Okay. So, so so unfortunately, right. I, don't know, okay. I don't know if I can pin it on my dad. But it was a glimmer of hope there. But so future evidence has pointed to the fact so that you may I, have very well have been yes, responsible let's go, we'll for this. Like, we'll go through the, we'll run down the hits real quick. Yeah. Okay, um, here we go. So the end of that story is that my dad was very mad at me. He didn't talk to me for a couple days, and I was like really scared that we're like our whole family was gonna break up. And then he like got it, and I love my dad. We all look, it's all good. And uh, and then he took me when he was ready to talk to me. He took me to the computer store, and he made me explain to them why it needed to get. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So he would, they were like, okay, well, what's wrong with it? And he was like, Aaron, why don't you tell the gentleman? And I had to be like, I peed on it. Aww. Sorry. <laughs> but all that to say, 
the computer got fixed. Solitaire was played once again. Everything great. was great. great. And then I would like pray at night when I would sleep over at a friend's house. I would like zip myself into the sleeping bag the wrong way because I was like, there's no way I can pee on another kid's dad's computer. Like that would, my dad kept me, but this would be the end of that. So I never did that, but I did many times like classic sleepwalker stuff, just like peeing in the garbage can, peeing in whatever. Like when I, um, I think one of the, my wife, my wife, right? Yeah, my wife. That that Borat joke still works, right? I don't know where Uh, this is going. When I met my wife at a young age, um, I was like 17 or 18. Oh God, I was hoping you were saying like, Right shortly after that, and I peed all over her something. All right. Oh, okay. no, no, no. Okay. Right. No, no, no. No, no peeing on spouses. Oh, not story. on her, but on her family's computer right, or something right. like. I did pee. I think one of the first nights I, I spent at her house when we were younger, I, she woke up to find me peeing in her dirty laundry hamper. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so that is a dark part of the story, but I'm married. And I'm still with her to this day. We have three beautiful children. So there's hey, the light. Hey, there's the light. It's all good. It's all good. We all home together. We love Minneapolis. <laughs> Everything's good. And I, I have to say, anyone that doesn't follow you on social media yeah. is missing out. Because yeah, yeah, you, got, you got some posts. gems. I struggle with parenting. But you're... No, it's but hilarious. you can tell. Yeah. Your parenting is great. <laughs> My it's, sister it's wonderful. Is, oh, Right, it's you're an inspiration, you. but uh, you love your kids, you know, it's apparent. I love right? my kids so much, and I right. just, I love them so much that I can talk shit to them constantly. Yes. And that's how I yeah. feel about everyone that I love, like, yeah. and, and vice versa, and they very much get the upper hand on this one. Dude, you're one of the, you're, you're just one of the straight up nicest guys we've, <laughs> we've met, you know, it's, and that's great, but I, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to be stepping over some bounds by saying yeah, this. Yeah, let's go. But you have three, you have three children? I have three. Right? So... So the numerous times in your life that you find you've you've found an, a uh, a use for your penis that's not advantageous to anyone around you in your yeah. life, you have three times in your life three found times. a good use no. for it. Two good times. For you. I have twins. Oh, you have twins. So just twice. Ooh, just only twice. Two times. You doubled down on that you, one. You, you <laughs> only put the two thing times. to good yeah. use. Yeah. Only two good. times. It's but good. Oh, two's dear. better than one. Yeah. It's I okay, feel like right? that should have been a round of applause for some reason. But yeah. right. I figured out how to make three of them with only two things you, that happen. You, right. You're an expeditious right. man. Right? Pretty good. Yeah. Yes. That, I, I'm impressed. No, you haven't done it, Jim. I know. No, I, I haven't. No, I haven't. Yeah. I feel sort of weak all of a sudden. Wow. <laughs> no, wow. But yes, you're right. You are right. You have found I a have couple done of, that. A couple of times you found some good use for it. That's. I have. That's all we can ever really hope for in this yeah, life. Yeah, your father taught you, you some know? lessons. Like, yeah. Put it to good use, yeah. not this. Two times. Two well, twice. I'm going to turn it around just for Thank a moment. Thank you so much. We'll edit that you know, whole entire over this. <laughs> She's like, the okay, boys. I have to deal with we this all day. We need more women on the podcast, guys. Yeah. Um, so what, what really impressed me about you, not only are you very talented, um, you. but you also have given a significant amount of your time and still do towards mentoring people yes. in the music industry. And, you know, it's something the three of us have been around in different capacities, but we're always willing to kind of lend some advice. So can you just talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. The, like just helping. Just helping the next generation yeah. of musicians and producers coming up. I just feel like um, I, the same was given to me. And I could not be more fortunate uh, than to, one, have the opportunity and the privilege to go to a public school that had a music program and have 
parents that were like, hey, motherfucker, you're going to l- learn something. Like, you're going to either be... Which they never would have said, because you already established <laughs> right, right. they don't swear. Hey, but that's mother fine. trucker. That's fine. Your mother's listening to this, and she's not disappointed. They're okay with me swearing now. They're okay with it. Um, but, you know, like, I was, I was basically forced to pick an instrument. That's such an amazing thing to say. In fourth grade, I picked up an instrument, and then... What was the instrument? Yeah, uh, alto saxophone. Oh, sweet. I know. Alto sax is back in 2019. There was a good period of time in the early 2000s (laughs) where it was like, it was like the worst instrument ever. Is that like Kenny G? Is he an alto sax guy? He was a soprano, more of a soprano. I'm sure he could play alto as well. He was more soprano, kind of like a, you know, clarinet. Yeah. Clarence Clarence Clemens. Clemens. You're going to hear alto on like every kind of like tropical pop song, Mm. like at the end of every... Like Miami Vice? Oh, yeah. That would have been... Yeah, yeah. You got, I mean, tenor was always the cool one, but it was too heavy, and I couldn't get any sound out of it, so alto was the, the natural pick. Uh, but that led to, like, finding my dad's acoustic guitar in the closet, and that led to, like, playing in shitty rock bands, and then not-so-shitty rock bands, and then, you know, learning that I loved hip-hop, but I wanted to contribute in a certain way, and learning how to make beats, and blah, blah, blah. That has, like, shaped my whole life, um, and I still, to this day, get to be involved in music, and that is so meaningful to me. Um, and along that path, Growing up in a city like Minneapolis, there were like countless, you know, mentor is a weird word for me. It feels really kind of weighted, but like truly mentors like Craig Finn from Lifter Puller and now the Hold Steady and solo career. Like he, I met him on an airplane. He was my favorite band in eighth grade. Mm. Lifter Puller is my favorite band. I, when I did finally get an email address, it was, uh, I don't know what the fuck, Aaron.Mater at Hotmail.com or whatever, right. AskJeeves.net or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It was, uh, you know, I sent Craig Finn an email on his personal email address that he put on his CD that they probably made 1,000 or 2,000 of. And then I saw him when I was going to Chicago to visit my grandparents, getting on the same plane, and my dad, this is redemption for my dad. My dad, I, like, I go up and talk to Craig. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm the kid that's been emailing you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, tight, whatever. It's very nice. It was early in the morning. And then my dad straight up goes and is like, while we're seated on the plane, goes to Craig and is like, hey, take my seat. And like, kind of probably forces Craig to sit next oh, to me nice. on the 45-minute oh, nice. flight to yeah. Chicago. And then I get to give that's Craig awesome. my demo tape. And then Craig is like has a rainy weekend in Chicago, listens to my demo tape on his Walkman. Now we're dating ourselves here, but like, and then somehow we get to open up for Lifter Polar and then he like shows us where to go record and like ultimately we sign a deal with a New York label because of him. Like that's just one of many experiences. So all that to say, it's like made my whole life so much better to have people looking out for me and teaching me and showing me the way and I always felt like whenever I got to that kind of OG status, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And now I'm 37, a legit OG in the game. I've been here making music for like over two decades and I own it. Like I'm like, oh yeah, now I'm old enough to be like, yeah, I'm an old fucking old G. You're not that, that old. <laughs> but, you're, so, but you're OG. But so is, is OG, is, is that in old? Rap. In, in rap world, that's old gangster, right? But well, it, original, or is it old guard? I, I thought it was the original. No, no, no. It's original gangster. <laughs> Shit, I don't know nothing. Old gangster is better. I mean, what about like an original gentleman? Oh, there I you like go. that too. You know, yeah, like, that there works you go. Too. But in rap music, definitely. And, you know, I'm not, um, I'm in a, it's easier as a producer because I, as long as the beat is banging, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how old you are. I get to play like behind the curtain a lot. And the same with being a DJ or a producer, you know, you're back here, the rapper's up front. And so the aging game has been easier to me than a lot of 
rappers or MCs that are up front where it's like you are the right. personality, you're carrying all that. So I've had an easier time, I think, maybe dealing with that change. Um, but, uh, but all that to say, I feel so grateful to be at a place where at least locally I've kind of established a career and a, a legacy in air quotes. But yep. um, now I get to like be that Craig Finn guy to younger kids, like whether that's an internship or a rapper in high school or a producer or, you know, even successful indie bands here. Like everybody knows now that the Doomtree office is an open door. If you want to come and take like a two hour break and just chop it up with me, you'll leave with a Google Doc and a game plan. And that is like, I don't have a lot of money to give philanthropically, but I have time. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I've chosen to give. Um, great. Anyway, so that's right on. I love it. Aaron, that's great. I mean, it really is. I mean, thanks for contributing. Yeah. Oh, thanks my God. Thanks for bringing well, it back. And the, the plus side of that is uh, to bring it all the way back to me. Selfishly, it feels awesome. Like, yeah. it's yeah. great. I sleep Hanging great at night. I feel, like, happy. And so, like, that's the win-win to me. Is I, It doesn't even have to feel like a burden. It's like, it makes me f feel awesome. And so that's what I'm always looking for in life is that win-win where, like, you can't find a... There's no, like, sneaky way around it. You're just like, oh, this is good for everybody. So anyways, right that's my... Aaron, the city. It, it was it was apparent when you came in on our show your your commitment to helping the local community, uh, the local music community especially, of course, yeah. but but to find their way to new artists and for you to support them and even for you to support our show, you have. I mean, you're OG. I'm OG. Yeah. You're OG. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. how you can it's been say. Solidified. So it has. It has. <laughs> I assume the people listening to our podcast can just hear this, but you are you are truly helping the community of Minneapolis-St. Paul, Minnesota in general. Young people find their voice, mm -hmm. and you're doing it with a passion, and you're doing it with with honestly with grace and elegance. You're, uh -huh. do, you're doing a very great job. Very well said. I very very Thank much you. appreciate. Wow, that was really nice. Thank you well guys. Said. That was Thank really nice. Well, 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 yeah. I'm going to listen right. to this podcast <laughs> every night, every night before I go to bed. Yeah. Grace well, just that elegance. last couple minutes, at least. Grace and elegance. Yeah. You, you really are. Even though you swear more than your mother would like, I you're do doing a great job. Yeah. But yeah. they give me a pass now because yeah. they know that my, my intentions well, no are G. pure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can swear, and now my kids call me out on it. Daddy. All right. Why don't, since you're an MC, right. why don't you lead us out of here? Yeah. Oh, Say, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Tell okay, us what's well, up. Thank you guys so much. You've, you've witnessed the very first live podcast of Legacy Matters yes. at the 331 Club. Yes. And the bar is open. All the drinks are on Sam. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh -oh. Thanks, Beak. <laughs> Thanks, Laser They're not Beak. on Sam. He's my business partner. They are not on him. Uh, the Andolin app will be uh, donating the first two hours of drinks tonight. And after that, it'll be... <laughs> That's incorrect, too. Okay. You, you're done. You're done. <laughs> Thanks. No, seriously, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you so Beak. much. Thank you to all of our guests. You're thank you were great. to all you of our great. audience. Thank you. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andolin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andolin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care. Mm -hmm.